All right, friends, I want you to really lean into this episode with my friend Ron Van Hoos, who just spent the last 10 weeks cycling for charity across the United States from the Pacific to the Atlantic for the Fuller Center bike adventure. So how it works, I'll give you a quick synopsis before we get into the podcast because he just finished on Saturday, August 1st. And he's here sitting with me two days after. So I am so impressed with my friend Ron Van Hoos and his gorgeous wife, Pam was with one of the volunteers and the drivers, and they are going to share their story of their experience with the Fuller Center bike adventure for the last 10 weeks. So enjoy this episode. Hey gang, before we get into this amazing episode, I have two announcements I need to remind you of. The first one is that moving from three episodes to two episodes, so Monday and Friday. And the reason being is that I got a job outside the house and I need to focus on that, but I still want to bring you amazing episodes and giving you quality guests and um coaching here uh, for you. So that's number one. Number two, we have a new YouTube channel is dedicated to the podcast. So just look up Secrets from the Saddle podcast and you will find all the recent episodes there. Uh, all the older ones are still on the my cycling coaching uh, YouTube channel. So you can always find them there until I slowly move them over. And lastly, one Thing we're on Buy Me a Coffee, so go check us out there. So enjoy the podcast with Ron. It's super amazing. This one, I highly recommend that you go and watch it on YouTube because I filled it up with tons of pictures from his bike adventure. So with that, have an amazing day and enjoy this episode. There you go. Hey. Hey, hey. Oh, my God. Ron. Aren't you fatigued? Okay, you look a little thinner. <laughs> uh, 18 pounds. How many? 18. <laughs> well, I would imagine over that period of time, there's got to be a little bit of, oh, I am yeah. so impressed. That <laughs> looked like, wow. It was, it was a trip. Yeah, I actually, out of the 18 pounds, I lost 15 of it in the first three weeks. Oh, yeah, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're, oh, oh, yeah, you got your 10 weeks. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's, where's Pam? All I right. <laughs> okay. So I hope it's okay because I know that you were there every step of the way with Ron because you were the, the back end, like the volunteer, the setup, the teardown. And I, I want to hear your perspective like on on the road and everything and uh, ron like your thoughts about what you were thinking about while you're biking and oh my, okay uh, i just have so many questions because that was a freaking long time uh, <laughs> yes it was <laughs> All right, let's just get right into it. Welcome everyone to Secrets from the Saddle All Things Cycling Podcast with your host Sylvie here. 
and I have Ron and Pam Van Hoos who are sitting in um, 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 Nashville. Uh, Nashville. And if you go back to the episode 238, we talked to Ron who is getting ready to go for a 10 week bike adventure with the Fuller Center Bike Adventure. And what they do is they ride to different locations. So there's a route and they stop and they help people build things like it's within their community and their, their, their church. And people ask to have things, you're going to have to explain all this because now obviously you know more about it, but it's, it's, um, Ron, just take it away. I'm not even going to try and explain everything <laughs> that this encompasses because wow like i'm just i'm at awe i watched you can go to ron's facebook page and i can put there and you can see 10 weeks of cycling like over 100k i'm sure i'm pretty sure a day yep. with like maybe one day off <laughs> yeah. so ron take it away because I, I and i want to hear from pam pam his lovely wife was there as a volunteer um who set up uh, uh, feed stations and uh, suppers and helped with some of the builds and so and the tear down and driving um, while Ron was cycling so I'm really excited to have the two of you here because I would imagine were you probably one of the only couple that were there was there were two couples there was a, a van a 16 person van pulling uh, our support trailer which right. had all food and coolers and and clothes that kind of stuff, and uh, that that couple it was a married couple who had been on uh, a number of Fuller uh, rides before. Okay. So they came and they were driving that van, and then another gentleman that was on the ride from California he loaned his car and Pam drove his car, oh. so that two <laughs> up on on the trip, and. Uh, I, I can tell you, and Pam can tell you too, there were probably some days where she actually had the tougher job. <laughs> well, that's to... what I mean. Like it, it's, it's gotta have its ups and downs regardless of what you're doing. So let's start, let's start from the beginning. So everybody who's listening in the audience, what I'm gonna do with this video or this podcast episode on YouTube it's going to be full of all the pictures from Ron's um, bike tour from start to finish. So 10 weeks. So he, Ron did an amazing job of following it. I'm sure maybe it was Pam posting all the stuff, but he always responded to me. I'm like, how do you have time to respond? <laughs> Aren't you on the bicycle? Um, but uh, yeah, so he puts his roots up there so you can see how much they did a day. You can see the builds um, and the different projects that they worked on. Um, anyway, so it's good to go to YouTube and check, check this one out because you can listen as Ron talks and Pam's talks about their experience and also see all the pictures that are gonna go along with it. So I'm just in the process of going through Ron's feed of grabbing everything um anyway well, so go well, ahead the probably start 60, ron probably 60 days of uh post yeah. and yeah no seriously 60 days um yeah, yeah started out obviously we started out 
we flew out to uh, Portland, Oregon, and um, and then a little <clears> town <throat> on the coast of Oregon called Seaside. And so we met up with the initial group of, of riders uh, because out of the total number of riders we had, uh, 10 of us uh, were scheduled and set up to go the whole way. So okay. 10 of us. One gentleman in the last two and a half weeks had some uh, issues at home and some medical issues that he had to, he had to bail out. <clears throat> so we ended up having nine the whole way, uh, wow. plus, plus uh, five support people. So that, that was it. And then we had probably a total of 40, I think 40 to 42 people along the ride because some people would come in and ride a week and then leave. And then some people would come in for two weeks. Some people oh, came. Okay. So some, you know, people, you know, you could pick which of the ride that you wanted to join and right. uh, joined us. And then they, you know, they'd come and they'd go, but uh, the nine or, you know, the 10 of us up until the end, you know, we were the whole time. And then there was Pam and then there was the other married couple. And then, Two, uh, two young ladies that one was uh, kind of the photographer and the other one was like our media person. Right. And they would help. They would, one would ride with Pam to help her out at the rest stops. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, we got to seaside and, and uh, walked out on the beach and put our uh, rear tire in the Pacific ocean. <laughs> yeah. The intent of getting all the way to the Atlantic ocean and uh, and then putting our front tire in, which you know we we were able to do that. So, uh, but yeah, it was. We started out the you know I think the first first day was only I have to go back and look at the, the mileage. Like ease you into these these mileage routes. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, well, we jumped in pretty quick. I mean, by the third day we were <laughs> doing you know hundred uh, k you know rides. Uh-huh. You know? So the first couple of days was because we were all separated into chore groups. So you had a group that their job was to make sure all the luggage and coolers and everything got loaded into the van. And then every three days we did laundry and then they had to do the laundry. And then there was another group. They were the breakfast chore. They had to make sure breakfast was set out. And then oh. when dinner was around, then they had to clean up the dinner, you know, everything in the dinner. And then there was the dinner crew, which made dinner when we had to. And then, they would clean up breakfast and then you had a snack team to make sure that Pam's car and the van had the, you know, enough, uh, dry goods, you know, snacks, and then mm-hmm. full of water. And, mm-hmm. uh, so that was, so, and we rotated every week. So, we, okay. You, so even the riders yes. have like a task to do daily. Okay. Yep. Every day. Yep. Every day we had our, we were on a chore team and we had, you assigned a leader for that team and and then you had you know so it was like three to four four of us on the on the team and then after a week you would rotate to the next one and then another week you know and so by the time by the time you did the whole ride you had you were doing i think what three to four times three times you would have done you know the the chore teams and and as the, the ride progressed of course now that everybody was more used to the routine we were getting things done a lot quicker because everybody was just pitching in, you know, right. even though, even though like my, if my group was the, the dinner cleanup crew and the breakfast crew, you know, when it came to cleaning up for dinner, you know, a bunch of other people would pitch in and, you know, help with dishes, yeah. or 
clean. So it, things started happening a lot, you know, faster and efficient because everybody was pitching in early right. on, and just trying to figure out what their own chores were. Yeah, right. <laughs> what was I supposed to do? Huh? <laughs> right. Right. Well, it's kind of it's kind of cool to know. And for our listeners, if you're when you get through this, you want to join because the Fuller Center Bike Adventure has a lot of different options for these types of tours. And then Ron did the full 10, but people can jump. And it's nice to know that you can also still participate, but at a lesser time. So if you don't have 10 weeks, you could do two weeks or, or three weeks or even one week, I guess, maybe around where you live, like when it's passing through your area. It would be like you would maybe want to jump on and, and do that. So I joined let, okay. his parents lived up in International Falls, Minnesota. And mm-hmm. uh, so he always comes up in the summertime. His dad, his 85 year old dad still brings in the hay on his farm. So he goes up. And so he was up there to be with his his dad and mom. So he yeah. week you know, week riding with us. And uh, and then we had some people like in Maine that you know they came out and joined us you know in the last two weeks and then that way they rode on into maine mm-hmm. uh, people that were in that part and there's some people from michigan you know they didn't join us until we hit the uh, upper peninsula and uh, and then we rode across mm-hmm. we got down into um, down into ohio then they went home so yeah it's right and then of course during the year fuller has other some other rides you know one week ride you know, two week rides, three week, you know, so they have right. some other rides that are shorter, like, you know, from Northern Florida down to Key West, uh, right. another one down to Gulf Coast, uh, another one, Natchez Trace, which goes from Tennessee down to Alabama or um, Louisiana. Louisiana. Anyway, Whoa. so, right. but yeah, for the cross country group, yeah, that's, <laughs> you can pick a portion of the ride that you want to ride and, and get involved with it. But the other right. part, the other part of, of, uh, communal living <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah don't worry i i have that question too i was gonna like actually be, while you're getting into communal living how about a snapshot of what a a day looks like from you know wake up time to departure time to you know getting back and and your supper and and sleeping and yeah so this is i guess into the communal part so the <laughs> we had the the um the gentleman from the Fuller Center, he uh, he was the only, you know, actual Fuller Center people. Everybody else, you know, the support people were all volunteers, and then uh, then of course all the writers. So he, you know, his commit was always to make sure lights out and lights on. <gasps> that would give us eight hours of sleep. So, oh my God. good idea. <laughs> so he would set the lights out time, and so say lights out was nine. Uh, and so, like, you know, everybody's, and so then people are sleeping on very thin, like, thermarest mattresses. Uh. Uh, we bought uh, a blow-up, like, nine-inch thick mattress, and and other people had, you know, brought a cot, you know, of, of, that tore apart and collapsed. And right. we did that. Well, so when we went to bed, we either stayed in churches or in high schools, uh, in the gyms, in the high schools. So most of the time we were all sleeping, you know, within six to eight <laughs> each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How quick out- did you implement the earplugs? 
Yeah, the earplugs, and then you found out who were the snorers and who you didn't be close to. And <laughs> Where's the toilet? I want you to be close to that. Make sure you're near a, uh, an electrical outfit because outlet so that everybody can, you know, because everybody's, you know, lights and phones and, you know, you had to make sure everything was charged up, you know, for the next oh, day. Oh, yeah. That became kind of like, you know, we'd all come into a room and everybody's scoping out the room, find, trying to find the, the plugs. and <laughs> You just like walk in with the power bars, one here, one here. Okay, everybody yep. plug in, get charged up for the day. Ah, yeah, and like, okay, make sure you turn your notifications off so we don't right. <laughs> pinging yes. all night long. <laughs> and so then, so bedtime would be, you know, nine o'clock. Well, then wake up time would be lights on would be five o'clock. Oh and, my gosh, seriously? Yep, five o'clock. So five o'clock, okay. laying there, and all of a sudden the lights get turned on. Bing, the lights are turned on, and you have <laughs> half an hour to get all your stuff packed, your bed rolled up, and out to the trailer because there's a trailer. <sighs> the packing crew is is out there now. Uh, waiting to load the trailer and get it all packed up. And so you, and if you don't get out there by um, 530, then you have to unlock the trailer and, and put it in yourself. So, you know. That, wow. <laughs> you only yep. do that once, right? <laughs> yep. So, well, we did have one lady near the end. That she only joined us for the last week. And she just couldn't get into the routine. So, you know, she was like, that's ah, all right. I'll put it in myself. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Leave the key. <laughs> so from 5 to 5.30, that was get everything loaded up, get dressed, get everything taken care of. And then dinner, uh, breakfast uh, would be 5.30 to 6. And <gasps> then, then boom, at 6 o'clock, the breakfast gets put away. And then, then whoever was in the breakfast cleanup crew, then they had to clean up. You know, the people in the breakfast crew had to put all the food away and then the, the people that had to do the dishes and all that kind of stuff. And they had a half hour to get all that done. And then meanwhile, everybody's, you know, doing doing whatever they need to do with their bikes, putting air in their tires, checking right. things out, uh, you know, getting, you know, getting the bathroom, you know, because sometimes we might be someplace where there might only be one men's bathroom and one lady's bathroom. And Oh, wow. So what did, what would breakfast look like? Since you've you got to fuel up for your day, yeah. Breakfast was uh, cereals, you know, uh, cereals, oatmeal, uh, bananas, uh, oranges, oranges, mm -hmm. banana. You know, so that was pretty much you know that was kind of and uh, now sometimes the church would fix us breakfast, and if the church fixes breakfast, a lot of times they fix us bowls. <laughs> You know, egg casseroles and sausage and eggs. You know, <laughs> grab the leftovers for. <laughs> yeah, well, and they would. They would give us any leftovers, you know, and a lot of times they would even give us other stuff for snacks, you know, for during mm. the day. Oh yeah, so did you have like a snack table that you kind of filled your pockets with so that you had food on the ride? Um. You could, but most of the times people didn't do that because they set up uh, rest stops every 20 to 25 miles. So, oh, okay. So, some, you know, there was some stuff out there, but, you know, not too many people grabbed, you know, things because you only had, say, 20 miles to the first rest stop. And then when you got to that rest stop, 
you know, then if you wanted to put some extra things in your pockets, you could, but, you know, Pam would, Pam would be at one rest stop and the other couple would be at the other. And mm -hmm. same thing, they would have granola bars and peanut butter and jelly and bread and, and pickles and lunch meat for sandwiches. If people wanted it, banana pickles, and, yeah, pickles, the peanut butter. <laughs> Peanut butter, jelly, and pickle sandwich became the, one of the favorites of everybody. Oh, oh my gosh. No. Sit. <laughs> wow. I guess after a while, you're like, oh, so I'll just eat anything. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so 5 o'clock, then 5.30, you have to have everything packed. 5.36, breakfast. Then 6 to 6.30, clean up and kind of get you know, any other miscellaneous stuff done. And then. Explain cleanup. And then oh, yeah, well, we'll have Pam, we'll have you explain your <laughs> you take the volunteer position. But you had to, you know, all the trash cans, you had to yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to vacuum the church, you had to mop up. You had to <gasps> okay. Paint. So they were there for a little bit longer um yeah. before they pulled out. Oh, so like on the ride when everybody else had done it, people were jumping in and helping, so it didn't take as long. But right, right. It took a little bit, you know, longer because nobody was really helping out because they were still trying to figure out how am I going to get ready and get out here and be ready to. Yes. Know. Oh my gosh. So, so Pam, bring Pam in there. Hello. Hey. So, how was like all the? So, how was your experience just to start like getting uh, into the routine? Like the with Ron. It was probably the hardest thing. Like he was saying just because you had so many time constraints, only the 30 right. minutes that, and every church stores their items in a different place. To find a broom or a vacuum took a while. Hot floors, some of that, some of that took a while. Um, the snack team would fill our container. I had a dry container and a cooler and they would put all the items in it and then bring it to the vehicle. But then I had to get it put in the vehicle and staged so that the water jugs didn't fall over and put water all over the car refrigerator did um we had frozen ice um water bottles and sometimes we just had bags of ice because they didn't have a refrigerator or freezer where we were staying so we had right. no get that ready again so it just it just took a little bit to kind of get in sync but after the first couple of weeks everything ran really smooth the first week felt like it was a month long the first week right. was long. And after that, the time started flying. That right. All of a sudden, the weeks were clicking off, and it was like, oh my gosh, we're already halfway done. You know, it just yeah. kind of all gelled really quick. Yeah. And wow. I'm surprised you've been <laughs> like, oh my God, we've got like six weeks left. <gasps> <laughs> yep, it was. And, and you know, the, the, the Fuller tries to not, I mean, obviously, staying at churches and schools is, is, and when they supplied us with food, that means that's money we didn't have to spend on food or, you know, stay in some place. And which right. means everybody's that's donations right. were able to go fully to the purpose, which was, you know, building of houses and repairing of houses and that sort yeah. of thing. So we let, we, you know, the, the kind of the motto was we live simply so people can, can, can so others can live. And mm -hmm. It wasn't like, no, oh, oh I want, uh, you know, bagels and I want, you know, this. And no, you, you, know. you can't put in a special order to have the, the crew well, stop they, at a grocery put, store on the way. Well, they, 
put in the order, but but it wasn't gonna happen. But uh, <laughs> the, but the guy that we shopped our, at a lot of off-brand. Uh, most of the food that we buy, we tried to buy the cheapest of it. Uh, we bought very little brand name anything. We always tried to pick the cheapest item off the shelf for what we needed, right. just to save money so it all went to housing. Um, Fuller's really good about 97% of every dollar goes into the building materials. Wow. Yeah, yeah. and plus um, plus all the donation money that you raised too. Right, so all the, uh, that, so, but anyway, so then after we, then we have what we call circle up and then at that time he gives us, he we did the ride GPS. So that's how we would follow our route. Right. And he right. Also, would also print out turn by turn cue sheets for us. So mm -hmm. we all cue sheets with us. And then whoever was in the, whoever was, were the lead riders would, uh, uh, if they were the first ones to come to those intersections, they would chalk, chalk the, um, the turns. So we'd put the arrows and put FC for Fuller Center. That way, you know, when the other riders came up, they would, you know, <laughs> help. And like Pam, like Pam said, and there were still people that missed turns and I'd have oh, to go. Oh, I can, I can imagine. But so did you have all the routes downloaded on your, on your Garmin before you started? No, no. He gave them to us each day because a lot of times he would have to make adjustments to the schedule and or to the route. Oh uh, my gosh. Okay. We, we into a town and, you know, people were just naturally curious. Well, how you, how'd you come into town? How are you going out of town? And then he would tell them and they'd go, Oh no, don't, don't go on that road. They're, they're doing construction on that now, or that's really a bad road. Oh, okay. You know, you need, you know, need to go. So you have to sit down and reroute and then, then reissue the, the ride GPS route, and reprint out the, you know, the cue sheets for, it. so, you know, there was a lot of that happening. He would give us every Monday, you know, what it looked like each day, what, what the routes were going to be. But then the day of the ride, it could be getting, you know, adjusted and modified a little bit. And there are a couple of different times where we headed out of town and all of a sudden, you know, we had a big detour and we'd have to ride back into town, kind of reconvene. Everybody oh. look at they look at the maps and then he'd say, okay, all right, this is how we're going to go out of town. And we'd stay together, you know, as a group for a while and then, you know, hook back up with the original route. And, you know, then we'd start spacing out again. Right. Because you know, there were, you know, there were fast riders, medium riders, slow mm -hmm. riders. It was, you know, it was a mixture, of, you know, of, of abilities and people riding. Right. So, so then. Well, you know, oh, so, my God, that would be yeah. stressful. So then we obviously then we'd ride and we would ride i mean you know we would ride anywhere on average about 75 a day 75 yeah. miles so My, i know miles so yeah. that in kilometers is almost like 150 75 yeah. 70 plus 70 well that's 14. so uh, like 130k roughly kilometers a day and that was that was the average and and uh we were riding like you know some shorter days right at the beginning and some shorter days when i say that 50 and 60 miles so you know, you're like our, yay <laughs> those were our short days you know and you know is you that ride. when you were doing a build like you get there earlier no you wouldn't you just have the day the rest of the on, day on the the day that we did the builds um we didn't ride so mm -hmm. 
So that was a, a day off of, of riding. And then, of course, we had every Sunday off then, and we didn't ride on Sundays. Oh, so, I didn't realize that. Oh, that's yeah. kind of nice. So, so talk about the builds and how many did you end up doing over the uh, 10 weeks? Right. Well, they initially scheduled seven, seven builds. Okay, uh, so almost one a week. We only ended up doing six. Uh, oh. when, when we got to Lake Placid, New York, oh. uh, there was some miscommunication between the local chapter and um, and our, you know, the with us, and um, they, they didn't have anything set up for us because all the all the builds were are the way Fuller works is the local Fuller Center. They're the ones that pick who's going to get the help, which family yeah. gets what. It's not done out of a corporate, you know, office in Georgia. It's right. it's the center which is a great you know great thing so mm -hmm. we ended up we ended up doing six six of them and um they involved anything from um you know repairing a roof putting up a bed uh painting uh building uh, gardening gardening uh flowering work we did um uh fence repair uh the big one at the end was a big porch build yeah they helped this one this one guy family uh this guy or this lady she was going to get you know she was old, elderly and she was a hoarder and she was going to get kicked out of her house so uh, they sent about five of us uh we didn't go on now five of us over to her house to help you know clean out her house and, uh, so that she could because they were going to you know condemn her house and she wasn't going to be able to live there anymore so they were what out did there. you see what did you see? I've watched these short, these hoarder stories. Yeah, I, I didn't go on that one, but uh, talking oh. to writers, they they said, yeah, it was it was like the TV shows. I mean, they said it was you could hardly move in there, and uh, so they they did that. But the the first one we did was in Bonner Bonner's Ferry, Idaho. That was the first one that we did, and uh, the crew I was on, we went to a house that uh, Fuller had built the house just a couple of years ago for a lady and, and her two children and uh and she needed a shed for the her house so we went in and uh we had a general contractor there with us and four or five of us and he pretty much you know said here do this do that you know take these measurements and you know we just start you know going to town and what he said luckily we didn't nobody got injured because a bunch <laughs> a bunch of us the first time we'd ever used a nail gun and oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I guess. <laughs> Handsaw, <laughs> table saw, yeah. table saws, and you know everything. You know, and and then you know people, and whether or not you could do some of those. I mean, if you would get water, or or you know, like Pam, when Pam was there, a lot of times she would help. You know, uh, haul off the debris or stack up the, the mm -hmm. track, get that kind of stuff. If she wasn't, you know, and and um, you know, if she wasn't hammering or sawing. Although she was doing some of that later, you know, later on. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was a hammer. It was, it was cool to, to be able to do that and, and, you know, interact with the people that were getting, you know, getting the work, you know, done for them. Mm -hmm. um, and there was a, a place in uh, uh, Detroit Lakes, was it Michigan or no, Detroit Michigan. Lakes. No, it wasn't Michigan. It was in um, Minnesota. Anyway, I can't remember which state now. <laughs> One of the. <laughs> One of the yeah. anyway the um local fuller had uh, had some land but they were 
you know, needed to build a house. And there's all these lakes there. And a dentist, a local dentist, had a house, uh, you know, basic 1970s, three-bedroom rancher. And so he wanted a nicer house on the lake. So he donated the house and mm-hmm. they picked, moved it to the location. Minnesota. 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 It was Minnesota. We, um, so the house was on the foundation just a few days before we got there. So we, the whole crew, we were there. We ripped off all the old wood siding and all the underlayment and, you know, put the, 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 um, the tie-ex, the, you know, the covering underneath of yeah. it and waterproofing and then started putting the siding on. And then the lady and her, and her two kids came along and they were living in a little, small, little, little itty bitty camper in a campground. And, and mm-hmm. they were so happy and they were like, we'll have a bathtub again. You know, we have a bathtub. Uh-huh. <laughs> Simple wow, things. Wow, he donated his house. That's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so we got to meet, meet them. And, and then we did, you know, some other ones where we were helping build, uh, build some sheds or do roof repair, you know, uh, painting. painting, you know, some mm-hmm. of the, the fuller centers, if they didn't have an actual house that you were building, they would uh, put, to, you know, somebody that was a veteran, or somebody that was elderly that needed help with, you know, with their home to be able to continue living there. Mm-hmm. And then the big one that we, Pam and I worked on at the end was a gentleman that had uh, um, ALS and he'd had it for 15 years and hadn't, been out of the house hadn't he'd been, he could get out of the house through the garage and, you know, his wife could drive him places, but, you know, just to be at his own house, he, there was no way for him just to go out really, you know, oh, guard. sit outside. Right. So um, if you saw the pictures there at the very end, uh, the Fuller Center was building him a three season uh, big porch onto the front. Oh, of his house. yes. I was just I was just looking at that one. That's a ginormous porch. So that was a big, big porch. And, uh, you know, he was he was there and his wife was there. And uh, and he actually he and his wife started after he uh, contracted ALS. He they started pretty and support team for ALS. Um, patients uh themselves i mean so they were they were doing that but that was that was you know because he you could saw the see the impact in his life and what was happening and and other people you know they split they that day they had like eight different projects (laughs) up for us so we everybody was split up going all over the place working on putting up up, repairing building you know it was great that of course that's what it's all about for them if anything, the things myself and Pam and the, the other writers, we always wish that we got to stick stick around uh, at least two days. Doing yeah, I was gonna say like one day you can you're just breaking like you're just doing the minimum and you know you're just getting into whatever it is that you're you started. Yeah, yeah. So we if we had our way, we would have stayed two to three days. Yeah, and- for sure we could really see completion and, mm-hmm. and get that sense that you really fully, you know, built something or got something completed. Yeah. Uh, had obviously local fuller volunteers would come in behind us and, you know, oh, finish okay. up the work. I was wondering who, who finishes the project once you've come in and got it started. So you, right. they do have people who come in. You're just there, the extra help. Right. We're the extra to, help to accelerate it coming through so they try to time what's being done so when they're you know that we have we have something to do and we can help mm-hmm. them out um from from that standpoint but yeah they have 
Now Fuller has other things where it's they're, where they're just doing builds. I mean, you can go and do a week build or a two week build uh, in different parts of the country, not even doing the bike. You know, so if if, if uh, oh. you want to, if if the people listening or our own riders and myself and Pam, you know, we'll be we're going to be looking for more of those so that we can just go and spend yeah. spend a week and just you know work and and help build or repair whatever's being you know whatever's being worked on and not have to worry about riding every day to, yeah to, you know and then tie it tie it into you know some other trip or just or just to go go do it so, yeah but, that would be i i've i know it's rewarding what you did but that would also be as if not more rewarding to actually start and finish a project and yeah. then uh yeah, yeah that sense of accomplishment that you can see mm -hmm. is you know because you know we would of course the rides were an accomplished something for every day i mean that was yeah i'm like i wish i had another two days to recover so you know, <laughs> work on this project and then ride off uh, we would meet people and and they'd say you're doing what you wrote yeah, exactly you go i don't know how you guys do it and we would say we don't either <laughs> we don't think about it anymore <laughs> we we get back, we get done with the day and we go, I can't believe we just rode 80 miles or a hundred miles. And, and then we wake up the next morning and we go, I don't know how we're going to do another 80 or hundred miles today, but we would get up and do it. And it I know was... you just don't think about it. You just go and do it. So Ron, let me ask you this, how long, so, you know, it's always hard at the beginning, getting your body, like you can't really train for this obviously. So you go through a couple, maybe two hard weeks, like how many, how long did it feel hard until your legs kind of got used to it or did they ever get used to it? Like, uh, yeah, I mean, they got used to it. The first, the first week or so was, you know, was physically, you know, the, the legs were feeling it. And, uh, cause we did some climbing pretty early on, and, yeah, know, getting out of California. <laughs> yeah, coming out of Washington. <laughs> yeah, you know, we had to climb. You know, we had to do some them climbing, and so uh, you know, so your muscles, you know, would you could feel that, you know, at the end of the day and the next morning when you'd get up and, I mean, you know, I'd touch my quads and it'd be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but, but you know, but it, that went away pretty quick. Like I said, within the first, you know, a couple weeks at the, at the most. Um, and, uh, and again, you know, you could take it, you could take it easy or you could take it hard. I mean, uh, right. you know, the, the average, the, the way they list it is, you know, you gotta, you gotta maintain a 12 and a half mile an hour average, just riding and including rest stops, it should be somewhere around 10 hours, 10, 10 miles per hour. So if we were doing, you know, 60 miles, then they should be able to get it done in six hours you know right. you know that's oh. with that rest stop so yeah. um that's that's you know that's for anybody that's doing any kind of cycling you know even moderately you know that's that's not a real tough you know even even in fact that so there were people that uh i mean they were slow when they started and they were slow when they ended <laughs> Oh my God. So what was your longest day? 
like for um, hour wise like forget uh, mileage like just long long probably the longest day was we were coming into uh, it was the longest and the hardest it was probably the longest and the hardest day was we were uh, riding and we were riding 100 miles into uh, fargo north dakota and we had 25 to 30 mile an hour crosswinds. Oh God, winds are the worst. I mean, hills, you know, you can get over them, but winds, they just never leave. Hot up. <laughs> yeah. 25 to 30 mile an hour crosswinds, <clears throat> gust up to 40 and 50. <gasps> and my myself and another, there was only about four or five of us that finished the ride that day. A bunch of them had to, you know, halfway through or three quarters of the way through, they said, that's enough. And they, you know, they would get it, get in the van and, and be picked up. But yeah, I mean, we were, we were only average. He and I were, and it was a flat ride. I mean, it was. <laughs> oh God. <clears throat> That's we, even worse. <laughs> we, we were only averaging probably about 12 and a half miles an hour the whole day for a hundred. Yeah. Oh, oh God. That was a long day. That was like a. 10 hour day you know did you um, like even make it to supper or did you just like flat out it, pass out <laughs> like, we, we made it feed me pam yeah <laughs> stop at a rest the rest stop the hardest thing was knowing Getting that we back had, on we had to get back on and take off again you know with that so that was that was that, that was really the hardest day and uh and in all the years i've ridden that's the hardest and several other the guys there they were all like in 35 years of riding that's the hardest you know day i've ever had because nobody in their right mind would even ride in that kind of way <laughs> so what made you keep going when you could have jumped in the van uh you know what that, was it that uh that drive to get something done and make sure you oh. get you get it done so get it done i love yeah. it get it done so we we and we along that ride it was it was interesting <clears throat> we would all of a sudden come to where there were a bunch of trees and we would get a wind <laughs> for a little, yeah. you know hundred maybe a hundred hundred yards we'd get a wind <laughs> would hit that the first couple of times we hit that of course our average speed jumped up because all of a sudden you know we're still pedaling and now we you know jump up five six miles an hour to to go well after we got to the third one i told the guy Riding with, I said, whoa, 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 slow down. He says, well, wait a minute, we, you know, we don't have any wind. I said, I know, but the <laughs> through this, the faster we get back into the wind. I said, slow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's like ooh, ooh, take it all in. Was that was that wind ever at your back? Can you imagine uh, who was at your back? <laughs> no, not that day. But we had a day coming out of after we crossed over the Continental Divide, coming out of the mountains in Montana. And so we had a we had a general decline probably for you know 40 miles you know after we came over the mountains and we had like a 25 mile an hour tailwind and Whoa. our average our average speed was uh 28 29 miles yeah. or miles an hour that's nice <laughs> and, and uh the guy i was right a couple guys i was riding with uh, during certain port of, of the ride, we said, let's see how fast we can get. And so we were doing, not coming down hills, we were doing 40 miles an hour, you know, Whoa. on the... <laughs> Might as well have know. some fun with it. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
didn't have many of those days. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, take it all in. <laughs> they say the wind always generally blows from west to east. No, it doesn't. Not really, no. <laughs> Maybe more, yesterday, but not today. <laughs> had more crosswinds probably than headwinds, but we, we had our share of headwinds. Right. Uh, yeah, so that was... Yeah, you just, you know, like you said, it was just going from one rest stop to the next. It's like, okay, when's the, where's the next rest stop? And you just focused on the next rest stop until you got to that one. And then, you know, yeah. we would rest and chat and talk and, you know, fuel up and then, and, you know, take off again. And then you just look and see what's the next rest stop. And, you know, they, that's pretty much how everybody got through each day was, <laughs> all right, got to go 20 to 25. That's all. I Sometimes you're like, I don't want to stop at the rest stop because I just don't want to stop. Because you know how it's like you stand around for a long, long enough period to get back on your bike. You're just like your legs feel like lead and you're like, oh, getting yeah. going again. Yeah. Well, there are a number of riders and, and I did it a few times, too, that, you know, uh, you know, you just would blow through a rest stop, you know. Yeah. Get some and water, grab some stuff and keep going. No, I mean, not even stop. I mean, we oh, would no. hey, see you at the yeah. next one. We just try to tell, you know, we try to make sure we always told uh, whoever was snack team or whoever somebody was going to stop just to let them know that, you know, that we didn't miss it, that we just kept going. You know, we right. were still, and because uh, they always they were always trying to you know, schedule. Sometimes we might leave in the morning and we might have a rest stop only say 12 or 13 miles into the right. ride. Mm -hmm. next 25 and 25 so a lot of times we would you know we would just keep riding and you know get rest up and you know then take, take there but uh but right stop the rest all right you're cutting out ron i was saying then we couldn't you know We'd get rest up the rest up and then we'd get up the day saying i can't believe we did it and then <laughs> get up the next day <laughs> okay so did you so how do you feel right now because i mean you're in your 60s and and i, I understand that when you're going at your own pace it's a different if it's a different ride over like an event or racing because that's when you're putting yourself out like 100 percent. so but how did you how do you feel like right now um i feel fine i mean felt really good the whole trip really you know yeah you know i mean yeah i mean feel strong feel feel good i mean you know Was there, there ever a day where you're just like oh my god why am i doing this like there's there had to be one day like that Oh yeah, like maybe I mean, the windy day. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> morning, you know, when you know you you got to sleep, and then you know you had to get up in the morning, get up that routine in the morning, and and you know which is kind of a jolt to you, and you know you're kind of like, oh man, I'm, you know, I <laughs> I retired. I don't want to get up at five in the morning. <laughs> yeah, but we once we you know get together and then take off riding, then. You know, and then that was pretty much, you know, for me, it was pretty much by the, by the wayside, but oh yeah, there were many, many different mornings when I would wake up and, and I would feel, you know, I would feel tired and feel like, you know, if I had my druthers, I wouldn't ride today. And, but then <laughs> I take off and, 
next thing you know, you're, you know, you get to the first rest stop and then, and there were, you know, a number of different people. So for me, like sometimes I would start out with uh, the, the ones that were slower and, in in, you know, leaving and I'd kind of ride along with them for a little bit and, you know, ride at their pace and talk to them. And right. then I'd, I'd see somebody, you know, quarter mile or half mile up ahead of me. And so, you know, and I'd say, well, I think I'll go chase them down. And so I would, you know, I'd put the, put the burners on and, and go, ch- and I would sprint, I mean, and go chase them until mm-hmm. I caught them. And then once I caught them, I'd ride with them for a while. And right. depending on, gone, you know, I might ride with them the rest of the way or, you know, then, you know, take off and, and, you know, catch somebody else and ride with them. And right. so you had to do different things during the days to keep it. So. <laughs> keep your mind going. But that is kind of cool. I have to, can't forget that you do have a group of 10 you're riding with, and then you have other people who, were there always um, extra people on your route along, or was there sometimes it was just the 10 of you and, and those extra people came at like certain other places? Yeah, just for a couple of weeks, it was, it was about, we had uh, the original. <laughs> and then we had a couple extra people with us in the first week or two and then they dropped off and and then sure and then the next week after that then we started picking people you know we were picking them up mm-hmm. leave, in, in and out and you know we had a cut we had a guy that was he was from florida and uh his his knees gave him a lot of problems and uh, so he didn't like to get off at the rest stops and stay very long right and he had uh, he had the you know the arrow bars out there and he would just soon as he'd leave he was gone i mean he would <laughs> be like wait okay bye <laughs> he would just off we go and he'd he'd you know he wouldn't stop at some rest stops and just keep going and and you know he would get in way way ahead of every everybody else right. i asked him one day about that especially when i realized his knee <laughs> a lot he says the less time i'm in in the saddle the better he said uh, <laughs> that's so so he, that's so psychologically weird right <laughs> the less time in the saddle so he worked his hardest to be to finish it as fast as he could literally. right right <laughs> well it's a good mantra like yeah you know so, you don't want to be going too slow it's going to take forever every day uh, and some days well they they have a the, the way the protocol is that we always had two people at the back of the group that we called sweeps oh and- really okay so the job of the sweeps was to ride behind the slowest riders. And if anybody needed help changing tires or mechanical problems or make sure if anybody started getting you know, wayward or needed help. So mm-hmm. you kind of trailed behind everybody. So obviously you could only ride the whole ride no faster than the slowest person. Right. And sometimes you might, you know, we might just trail along behind them and ride at their pace and other times, I myself and, and especially some of the faster riders, we would kind of lay back and let them get, you know, five to ten miles ahead of us, and then we would just take, hey, right, you know, would, <laughs> we would ride at our own pace, and then we'd catch them, we'd catch them by the you know before they'd get to the next rest stop, and then you know then of course we couldn't leave till they left. And then, you know, we'd, we'd do it again. So, you yeah. know, you, have, you know, you know, probably you know, climbing, 
especially when you're climbing big hills and, mm-hmm. and things. I mean, I can't climb them. I can't climb them on purpose slow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you dial it down. But yeah. yeah, and you know what? I do remember um, being part of a group ride of ladies who were slower than me. And we did 100K. And when I finished that, I'm like, wow, I could go do that again just because of the pace right. was much slower than my usual pace. Right. And so yeah. just just traveling at their speed, I I put out very little energy. Uh, my heart rate stayed low and I was just like, well, if my dad could go and do that again. So I, I can see it because a lot of the times I'm thinking about the race pace and how I feel after one of those events like completely spent um, because I'm just, you know, it's an event. So those um, were kind of, I would ride, I would ride sweeps. And so, you know, maybe the day before I, I, and I would think about when, what day I wanted to sweep, I would maybe ride really hard and fast and get oh. uh, done the day before. And then the next day I would, I would do sweep because that would be like kind of my recovery day. Recovery day. Yeah. That's pretty smart actually. You know, cruise along at, you know, 12 to 15, 14 miles an hour and, mm-hmm. you know, have a relaxing ride and not have to, you know, push yourself too hard. So, yeah, you kind of had to, you know, use thought process along along the way doing that. <laughs> I guess so after a while, you're like, okay, I can't ride like that every day, <laughs> like hard with the fast guys. Yeah. So myself and another guy, we probably, and then there was, there was about four of us that were cross country riders and we were always tend to be in the, in the front. And there was myself, a, a guy from Maine, a guy from Washington state and a lady from West Virginia, which my, she was so impressive. She had a Trek. Right? A Trek what? E-bike. An e-bike. Oh. Okay. Ah. Problem, problem was the battery and never worked never could make right so oh my this, gosh. she rode an e-bike all the way across the, the u.s with no assist and that <sighs> weighed 40 50 pounds it was i couldn't believe it and and thankfully on her e-bike she had a big ring and a and a, a small ring up front and uh, and she she was a she was like a machine. I mean, it was she was very, very awesome to to see her ride. I mean, she would she would keep pace with myself and this other guy when we were on the, the flats and, and moderate rolling. But when we would come to any kind of hill, you know, we would we would scoot right up because she had to push, you know, she had to push the gears to push, a, you know, the extra weight up the hill and up the mountains. But right. it was, you know. She was one of those people that bike that her cadence was the same from start to finish. Wow. She just, you know, I think she was a spin instructor also. (laughs) Good on her. It could be like she's bike touring, you know, with all that extra weight from the bike, you know. Yeah. You have to go up those hills. Yeah, the same cadence. I mean, you just saw that cadence just. That spin. just all the time spinning, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and I'm more, you know, I'm, I'm not so much a, a spinner. I'm more of a, a masher and a, you know, <laughs> didn't we talk about that, Ron? <laughs> oh, 
Although I <laughs> ended up doing a lot of spinning also because with the, <sighs> day after day, you know, you couldn't just you couldn't mm. just push the high gear, the the big gears all the time. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, so you know, I I learned to do it more, you know, myself. But there was a gentleman that joined us in in Minnesota, and he was, I think he was like. So I think he was like 66 or something, but, you know, by my age and my, you know, just a medium build, you know, looking guy. And I, and uh, the ride leader told me, he said, Ron, he says, you're a strong rider. He says, but this guy is a strong rider. I said, <laughs> okay. So I rode with him the first day. And <laughs> like, uh, not again. I, I thought I pushed the heavy gear. Oh my goodness. He pushed the big gear and he the first day he rode 100 miles and i think he stopped at one rest stop and i couldn't after the second or actually after the first rest stop i couldn't i couldn't hold on i couldn't stay with him and you know i well i could have but i was going to be <laughs> totally spent. for and the I, rest <laughs> it was like 25 miles down i got another 75 to go and i am going to be totally spent by the end of this day and we have another hundred miles the day after that, and another 80 the day after that. So I took <laughs> you bowed out. bowed out and let him go, but he was, he was fast. <laughs> he was fast and he, he was strong. So uh, that was, he was a fast one to get with, but anyway, so it was, it was fun, but you got to mix it up. And again, because it wasn't a race, you could, you know, you could slow down and, mm -hmm. and, and I only made, one big mistake one day on the on my eating and it was a it was a sunday and pam and i went out for breakfast and had a nice big breakfast and didn't hardly eat anything for lunch and then late that afternoon we all decided a bunch of us decided to go to see a movie that top gun movie and i ate a bunch of popcorn <laughs> jube jubes and <laughs> and so when i got done with that we came back to the church and i grabbed a cheeseburger on the way and that was it and the next day i went at it and i was i was feeling pretty tired you know after the first rest stop and i couldn't figure out why i was didn't have the energy <laughs> didn't have the uh, that i normally had and finally realized is like you know i just i didn't eat right the day before and so and i'd been doing a good job you know the first you know two weeks but kind of got out of my head you know oh yeah i gotta ride big tomorrow <laughs> yeah oh my god it does make a difference now i just want to ask you about sleep now you mentioned it didn't take very long to, and you had a good mattress like don't tell me somebody slept on a thermorest the whole time like yep. your body would ache like yep. ache yep there were people that slept on those little thin thermorests the whole time. <gasps> oh my yep. gosh like even your hip bones, like your knees to get, oh my God, I can't, like I sleep, you know, camping. I tried. And you then tried. I went, <laughs> then I went on a nine inch blow up mattress. Yeah. Well, at least you don't have to worry about it being cold because you're in, in, in uh, like uh, gyms or churches. So that changed your sleeping. Like you, you had good night's sleeps or you were just like so exhausted that you slept like a rock. Yeah. You were just tired. You just, you know, you just, you didn't have any trouble going to sleep, you know, <laughs> didn't have any trouble going to sleep. And, 
And of course, then you, you know, you'd learn to sleep no matter what noise was going on around you. And, uh, right. That, and and there, uh, there was, of course, many, many times when men, you know, thinking about it mentally, I didn't feel that tired or exhausted, but, you know, as soon as I lay down, you know, I'd be out, you know, it'd be, you were gone and it didn't yeah. take very long. So, uh, but there was all those rides. And then, like you said, you just rode and, uh, you know, we had several weeks, two or three weeks there that when we were coming across North Dakota and, and Montana where, you know, there's really no towns or, you know, no place for us to do the builds or they didn't have fuller centers in the areas. So I know in, in one, it was like a seven day period, we rode three, three 100 milers and 280 milers, you know, in, in a stretch of six days. Hmm. And those were we were I was definitely ready for Sunday um, right weeks once we started catching the build days then you would have maybe you would ride Monday Tuesday Wednesday maybe have a build day on Thursday then ride Friday Saturday and then have an off day on Sunday oh, okay all right well that's not so bad now then what, what about the heat I'm sorry what about the heat or did you get more rain days uh, we had probably about four, maybe five days of rain that we ran into, uh, early on, it was obviously cold. It was, mm -hmm. you know, we like in Oregon or Oregon and Washington and Montana, um, but it was relatively cool riding up until we got to when, uh, probably up into New York. I mean, we Oh, really? Wow. That's we a long time though. Yeah. We didn't really have, uh a lot of days you know that we were fighting the heat and of course well, we were good we were we were heading out at seven o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. so we were you know we were trying to get done you know and, and one morning he got us up because he thought it was going to be hot that day and he and we got up at 4 30 in the morning and <gasps> you know wow. to morning so that you know so the heat really never did bother us the, during the whole ride and that, well, that that's was, good it was did, deathly hot around here. We did have to ride some, time. some rainy days early on coming through the national uh, park. And, you know, that was cold and rainy and climbing the mountains all, all in, all in one day for about three or four hours. That wasn't, that wasn't a lot of, fun. but, uh, you know, Pam asked me, she says, well, weren't you, because, you know, logging bugs, all kinds of what the shoulders you know the road the shoulders we didn't have much uh, right. you know, right on and so she said you know weren't were you were you scared were you afraid and i said honey i didn't even have time to think about it i said i <laughs> just looking four feet in front of me trying to make sure i didn't hit a pothole or uh, you know, or there was pavement you know good pavement for me to to, to ride on mm -hmm. uh, that did but we did you know that was a yeah, that was probably three hours or four hours that we had to ride like that. And then later on in the summer, we had some rain and, uh, but it was warm. So, you know, a lot of times it didn't even grab the rain gear. Just, you know, you didn't yeah, yeah. really didn't need it, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it wasn't an all day rain. So, uh, but the toughest part was the toughest part was that one wind, windy day. And then we did have a lot of crosswinds. Right. Uh, it was fun teaching some of the people who had never done pace lines before. Uh, oh, never drafted. They never d done that. So the 
first first week, you know, myself and a couple of the other guys were, you know, trying to help teach them how to do it. And once they once they realized the benefit, they were they were very, more than happy to get behind. <laughs> yeah, I, I could behind you too. <laughs> Feel like get on my wheel. Okay. Make a pretty good windbreak. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So, so now that you're done, let's get Pam in there. She's still still yep. beside you. All right. So, Pam, talk to us about the volunteering, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and and your job, um, and how how it affected you physically. Like, just tell us about your your experience as the volunteer for the 10 weeks? Um, what I found is it was much more physically demanding than I had anticipated. Okay. I had had placement six months before and I thought, oh, no big deal. Well, <laughs> in coolers and boxes and moving stuff was much more difficult than I thought it would be. Um, I had a great helper with me and the two of us together, we had no trouble doing it, but that was kind of surprising to me. Um, about doing that, but the probably the most challenging was that I was one of, I was the only person besides what the owner of the car that could drive the vehicle that I was taking across country. Oh. So bike shop, or we needed to go to the grocery store, or someone had to mail a package, or we had to hit Walmart for the 10th time today because somebody, <laughs> something else, it was, you were very limited in where we were and where you could go. Some of the towns didn't have hardly even a grocery store. So we traveled 30 miles to go get things that we needed to drive all the way back. And then, uh, so that became a challenge with the time and still trying to get back in time for dinner, get back in time for showers. A lot of the places that were providing showers, we only had an hour or two hour window where we had to get in and get out. And a lot of days I would miss that. A lot of days I would still be running and miss lunch. You know, I could grab snack stuff, and, but to be able to go someplace and like sit down and have a lunch, you know, I couldn't do that. So that was kind of surprising, um, especially early on when we, everybody was still learning what they wanted or what they needed. Mm -hmm. Half of the trip was much more enjoyable. Like Ron said, everybody knew people were putting orders in early, like next time you go to Walmart or <laughs> when more and said I got to go to Walmart right now I don't have you know yeah um, you're like the last half was really enjoyable you didn't have that rush feeling or like you were missing out on hitting your deadlines and getting in I mean there were some days by the time you went to Walmart you went to the bike shop you got groceries and then you had to take the um, laundry team to the laundromat and back you got in just in time to get ready for lights out you know, oh, wow. Okay. Car like all day. Um, yeah. But those days sitting. became few. Yeah. And then you're in the car and you're sitting for 10, 12 hours. Because <gasps> <Ooh. lost> <laughs> they're feeding them all the carbs and that's our main food source. And I'm sitting around all day. So it was that part was a little bit different. But like I said, you know, just the first half of it was really challenging. Just everybody kind of figuring out the routines and how it worked best. And then from then on, people would give me notices earlier, or if they needed things for breakfast, the breakfast team wouldn't tell me at seven o'clock at night that, oh, by the way, we need this and this for breakfast. They would tell me as soon as they packed up their breakfast and see what they need, they shot me an email. So I had the list. So anytime I had some downtime going from one rest mm -hmm. stop to 
other and seen a grocery store, I could pick it up then because maybe yeah. we're, wasn't a grocery store. So we got much more efficient with all of that. And then that made it very enjoyable. Yeah. But, you're like, listen, don't tell me it's seven at night. Okay. Yeah. Cause it ain't going to happen. Yeah. We have <laughs> that conversation. In front of yeah. Us. I bet you had to have a couple this conversations. And I was one of the first ones to go to bed because I was the most exhausted. <laughs> so they were, Oh, we got to tell her early. She goes to bed early. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Here's my paper. Yeah, Put it like, on for tomorrow. You'll get it tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah. Some days I told them that. It's like, sorry, where we're going, there's no grocery store. You know, or, there's no or, grocery or store and are, I don't have time to get it. Or you just got back from the grocery store. Right. Or I just come back from the grocery store and they go, oh, <laughs> be carrying in groceries. They're like, oh, we need it. And I'm like, mm. Put it on the list for tomorrow. I'm not going back. <laughs> oh my gosh, seriously. All right. That whole dynamics of the communal living, trying to figure out, you know, how, yeah. how to get that done. And then <laughs> you had the slow, you know, if you were, if, if uh, the slow riders, and she was always the last, she was rest always the, the last rest stop because the van would make sure they got to the church first so they mm -hmm. could get it loaded get the coolers unloaded get the all the luggage inside you know figure out what we were doing for showers all that kind of stuff so when i talked about the, the ones that were the slower riders that took the longest time you know she had she had to stay at that rest stop until they exactly right and, and yeah. then shoot forward you know then shoot forward and then get caught up and, you like pack uh, everything up and like here's your doggy bag bye <laughs> I'll fill up your water and that's it. Yeah, no, we, no, we graciously sat and let them rest as long as they needed. Um, like you said, the riders wanted to get in and get out because they didn't want the muscles tightening up. Yeah. Uh, the ones that don't ride as often, they thought they needed more rest. And then they found out, oh, this is too long. Now everything hurts. Yeah. And so it, some of them would take 30, 45 minutes to convince themselves to get back on their bike and go again. So that was kind of fun. That's but, a long no, haul. We, you know, we tried not to push anybody, um, you know, and then during that time you get to spend some time with them and actually get to meet them. Cause a lot of times there wasn't a, there wasn't a lot of opportunities except for when we were sitting and eating together for those 30 minutes to really just sit and talk with people. It seemed like we were on the go and onto the next task or place. Right. You know, there wasn't a lot of downtime. The last two weeks, we have smaller rides and more builds, and we got to spend more time with each other, and that was really enjoyable. Right. I wonder if you could, if um, if he asks for feedback on things like that. Um, yes. Yes. We'll all get us. We'll all be given a survey to <laughs> tell our experiences, give recommendations, mm -hmm. um, likes what we thought could be better, what we'd like to see in the future. We can even make recommendations for different routes. You know, maybe. Oh. Some Maybe somebody wants to go from Arizona to Minnesota or something. Um, mm How -hmm. to follow the Lewis and Clark Trail? Um, they like to do oh. some of the historical kind of routes um, and do that, like they did the Underground Railway uh -huh. this year. So they do a lot of those things, and we can make those kind of suggestions too. And then they'll start checking into it to see uh -huh. where their centers, their local fuller centers are, so we can see if they can get together and get some people that we could stop yeah. and. And, and then map out how we connect them and how we do the mileage without it being, there's nothing for the next 200 miles. How are we going to, you know, put these people to bed and get them food? Um, so the Fuller has 
they're already working on 2023. They've been working on it most of this year already. They're always, uh, they spend a lot of time and effort trying to find us a good route, a fun route, but a safe one. And it's a lot of planning to then find these churches mm -hmm. that'll, finding showers, finding where laundromats, mm -hmm. It's quite a process. Oh, right. Yeah. So do in the process, are they also creating more fuller centers across the country in yeah. the um, same time? When we go into places where we stay. We all we usually have some kind of a meeting time with the host group and explain the fuller center and how to be a covenant partner. Um, there's a process, there's forms to fill out, but any mm -hmm. church group of people multiple churches can get together and they they do this center thing um so okay have to call you know the home office and find out how do you become a fuller center but one individual could set it all up themselves and then get others then to join them and stuff um mm -hmm. so it's not a physical center like you could have a couple churches going joining together our community centers and yeah. one of them would be the center i guess right Right. Yeah. Or the, you would just call yourself Newton Falls Center and it would right. be five or six churches in the area made up Newton Falls Center. Yeah. Oh, in fact, okay. In fact, the last, the last uh, place that we were at in Sebago, it was a combination of uh, four churches and a college. And a college. Oh, and cool. Okay. They, they were all, there was a board member from each one of those uh, places mm -hmm. and then all of them together you know, coordinate. That's well. how they came up with the eight projects for us to do when we were in their town. Oh, right. Eight projects. Oh, one day, eight projects. <laughs> and then there was a lady, there was a lady a few years ago, just maybe about four years ago, who just like me and, and many of the other writers was just looking for, a, you know, a cross country ride. And right. So much about Fuller or anything. And she was from Utah. And she went on a ride and, you know, she was so, you know, taken and, and impressed by what the Fuller Center does. And she went back to Utah and it's one of the most vibrant, you know, centers oh. in the country now. Yeah. So she was really on fire, went back people she knew and, and her church and other, other people. And uh, they've built mm -hmm. all kinds of houses and done all kinds of things in, in Utah. So, uh, yeah. So, and there are several churches that, you know, express an interest that, you know, they would like to, you know, be. They're going to check into becoming a covenant becoming, church. Becoming a, a church. center. Yeah. Right. And, and so, uh, but, you know, again, the places that we stayed at, they, you know, some, they would have to call sometimes 100 churches to get one to take us in. Because really? Well, and a lot of, well, especially with COVID over the last few years, that, right. that didn't. That but, but also, you know, you're getting a and you're going you're from where who are you you want 20 some people to come in here and sleep the night and you know all that kind of stuff so uh -huh. they uh they had you know they had some difficulties areas and then showers you know some churches were big enough that they would have showers some churches would set us up uh -huh. with schools and then of course unfortunately at the schools you know kids in school they turn the boilers off in the summertime so there's no hot water <laughs> Oh my God, really? So, oh, the things you don't think about. Oh my God. And we had cold showers, you know. Uh, well, they were just like a little wipe down, eh, with the, the faucet. Yeah, <laughs> we just end up going to the bathrooms and, and you know, 
take a take a you know wash up wash up yeah and... italian wash uh, italian wash down a little little this little that <laughs> yeah there were times when we had to do that <laughs> so it was definitely when they have the word bike adventure it was an adventure so you just wow flexible you had to be just willing. willing to just adjust and you know roll with the flow and, and and you know everybody did it was you know it was it was a good you know it was a good experience from that standpoint so you you didn't have to get you know worried about okay okay i have a question how did your bottom feel after this did it go uh, through a series of oh my god i don't ever want to sit on my saddle to like i'm uh, uh, I'm completely numb and it's okay. <laughs> well, it's interesting because the first, you know, the first week or so, I mean, you know, I'd been doing, you know, a, a lot of riding ahead of time and mm -hmm. didn't have troubles and, and, uh, but then, you know, when we rode as much as we were riding day after day, it didn't take much and you can start to develop a blister. I mean, it wasn't so much the, you know, that, you know, just hurting from setting on it, but you would start to the develop saddle sores, saddle sore. And then you would have to readjust and, you know, readjust your, your shorts or, you know, set differently on the bike. And, and, uh, that happened, that happened a few times off and on. And then, you know, I would readjust and, you know, it would go away. We did have one individual that he fought it from the first week. He fought saddle sores the whole time. Mm. Uh, but out of everybody there, of course, we would all talk amongst each other and, and everybody, pretty much everybody same thing like I did they you know they would start to get a little bit of a saddle sore a little bit of a blister and they'd have to adjust their clothing and or you know set differently on the bike and then you know sometimes you'd you'd stand up just to stretch your legs a little bit and you'd sit you know maybe for 10-15 miles I was feeling it and then I'd stand up and when I slid back you know when I would sit down and kind of slide towards the back of the saddle it'd be like oh this is perfect I don't I don't feel any problem you know <laughs> you would get the exact right spot or maybe you smoothed out your your bib sure. bibs were maybe bunching up a little bit <laughs> but yeah we were we were all cognizant of that but it was just kind of off and on you would start to get something like that and then you know then go Change up, up no, your shorts the next day it yeah. never kept you from riding yeah never but yeah it never serious. never stopped from yeah. riding stopped from riding and and then like i said they did laundry every third riding day and, uh, but you must have bought a brought a bunch of bike shorts, like. Yeah, well, I brought three. No, yep. three. Yep. We what? were only we were only allowed a very small duffel bag. <gasps> Are you serious? Yeah. So you oh only my brought, god. Yeah, you only brought three or four days worth of clothes, and that was it. Three, three bike shorts, three bike shirts, your and then your socks, and, and four days of underwear, and you know. Oh my god something to wear <laughs> work days and then something to wear when you were having maybe your off days or and, a church day you know your church so, day yeah yeah now some <laughs> some people stretch that uh size limit of the size of of a suitcase or duffel bag um much more they brought a lot bigger one than than was recommended you know supposedly bring one but uh you know and of course my bag i had spare tubes i had uh spare Space. tires i had spare cleats i had you know spare spokes i had you know oh okay a lot of a lot of extra you know spare stuff that i brought with me and although i couldn't what i really needed was spare wheels and and uh i couldn't 
I went, yeah. through, I went three rear wheels on my ride and a pair of shoes. Oh, uh, well, right. for my shoes, I've had the same cycling shoes for eight years. So finally They're done I, now. You're buying so, a new pair, right? Yes. Well, I bought, you on the ride. Well, I bought them on the ride. Bought them when we were in, yeah, I bought them when we were in Fargo, North Dakota, and uh, the soles were starting to separate, and I went and bought shoe glue, and that really did do the trick, so when we were in Fargo, they had a really nice size uh, bike shop there, and I bought me a new pair of, of cycling shoes. In fact, one of the other guys, he bought a new pair while we were there, too, and mm -hmm. my rear wheel, I put a new rear wheel on a week and a half before I started the ride, and uh the end of june well first of july the bearings were going back, you know seal oh, wow. and so we tried to repack it tried to do some things and fortunately the guy that our fuller center guy was really really an accomplished really good mechanic and uh -huh. he tried but you know so then i had to find a bike shop and and buy another wheel and oh, get God. it and um, two and a half weeks after that then it, it the free hub quit working on that wheel <laughs> wow so you know i had to i had to stop and get i had to stop and find another bike shop that that day and get another rear wheel so <laughs> jesus i hope those rear wheels can be pretty expensive so well the first <laughs> place, you know it's my local bike shop and they said no problem just bring us the bike the wheel back and you know we'll yeah we'll give yeah, you yeah, that's great when i get home <laughs> yeah quarantined and you know the second bike shop they were a little they weren't quite as as understanding but i said i sent them all the evidence and i said well when i get back home the first week of august i'll ship it back to you and you know you can get the manufacturer and warranty it out for me and i was so <laughs> lucky i was so lucky on the third wheel because I went to this, we got about 10 miles out of town and the free hub quit working. And so I, Pam had to pick me up and take me back into town and the bike shop didn't open till nine 30 and I got there at nine. And then when I went in, when I went up to knock on the door to see if anybody was there, the bike shop was closed because the guy had been sick with COVID and oh, the other bike in town was closed that day. But the guy that had been sick finally was, you know, was not sick anymore. And he did come in, you know, and opened up the shop. But this shop, there wasn't a new bike anywhere in this shop. It was just. Oh, is that the picture of that shop? Yep. I think, yeah. I was like, well, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> You're like yeah, it, looking for the newest bike in there to take the back wheel. Yep. Yep. And uh, fortunately, he had ordered a, a wheel for a guy on a bike and, um, the guy for whatever reason returned the wheel because he did he decided to do something else and uh he went down and found that found that wheel and it it, it worked it was a lot narrower than my wheel but the, the tires the tires still fit in them, and uh it allowed me to finish the ride so <laughs> oh god that is so lucky yeah, i got the i got the award i got the award for the most flats on the ride oh no no <laughs> That's the worst. I had, <laughs> Do you spend a lot of your time patching tires or tubes? Uh, no, just they when they got when they went flat, they just went in the trash, you know. <laughs> oh gosh, no, no. flats had, are horrible. 
had three flats on the rear wheel one day. I mean, it was like, it was, it was fun. And, you know, of course, you know, I mean, I am a bigger rider than the, most of our, the ones that were riding. So if there was a piece of glass out there, you know, it's finding you, <laughs> it, it would find its way into my tire. So, uh, um, but anyway, yeah, so I got the, I got the award for the most flats. I think I had what, 15, something like that. Yeah. A bunch. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I had one. Yeah. One flat. They're the majority that only had one, one or two flats the whole ride, you know, and, you know. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Well, this has been epic. So um, to uh, finish this off, Ron, um, just give a little bit of, um, uh, I guess, a closing on the center um and um you know what you're doing what you're gonna do are you gonna do next are you actually gonna get on your bike for a while um and just let us know uh what your what your uh, plans are okay are you gonna do one are you gonna do another one of these are you gonna do um, a I'm little defi- different <laughs> i'm definitely gonna more rides with fuller but i don't know well right now i'm not planning on any another cross country <laughs> yeah uh, yeah not, not for not for a while um but uh definitely going to do you know i'll probably do segments of a cross-country ride you know i'll see what the route's going to be and then pick out two or three weeks or something like that and, and you know do that and try to do some of the smaller ones that they have but uh-huh. there is there is a local fuller center here uh just oh okay live in and, nashville get involved i'm gonna get in touch with the i'd already been in touch with the guy that's in charge of it prior to the ride and so i'm definitely going to get involved with mm-hmm. him see what you know what can be done and what's being done and you know try to get very active with with the fuller center here right you know you can see what they do and and you know what they're good stewards of the money and mm-hmm. you know they're not on a lot of administrative stuff and and fancy right building so definitely going to do that and of course i one of the writers he's another guy from tennessee and i told him i said well i don't know if i'll i said i'm not going to do another cross-country ride you know within the next year or two i said but the one thing i gotta do is i gotta i gotta at least match you because the oldest guy in our ride was 76 years old and he did oh the wow and and he wasn't the and he wasn't one of the slowest riders he was he was in that moderate medium uh-huh rider so he wasn't burning up the pavement but he he rode it every day and he wasn't the slowest and and um and he climbed those mountains <laughs> i mean there is your new uh, men- not mentor but uh you know um you know you you'll strive to be like him at 76 so pam yeah. you got to get yourself an e-bike keep up a run yeah i don't think that's happening <laughs> Oh, come on. An e-bike? Well, well, she she's actually said she might get an e-bike, but we'll see how that goes. Oh, we'll Pam, how- do it. <laughs> I see so many couples now, honestly, um with the 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 wives on e-bikes and um yeah, I was I was climbing up a hill the other day and like mapping out a route and this couple just blow by me on this hill yeah. like on their e-bikes and i'm like, I'm like 
I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, so I was like, good on you for getting out on your bikes. And they were just like, woo. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was like, ah, yeah. dying, but. Yeah. So anyway, I'm going to do that, you know, and um, I'm looking at getting a, a, a new bike that. Uh, yeah, right. Handle a little more uh, endurance and longer rides and be a little sturdy. Mm-hmm. How like, many K did you end up doing in total over those 10 weeks? It was right, right at just about 4,000 miles. So whatever that converts to in kilometers. Like 8,000 kilometers, close to it's almost yes. 8,000. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, I, I like. But it's you know, one thing. I mean, I had some apprehension myself about riding every day. Yeah. You know, those distances every day but you know it, it it wasn't as it wasn't as tough as i thought it was going to be okay. and again and you i saw that people that really weren't that strong of riders mm-hmm. were, you know because again they could could ride at a slower pace they had the rest stops to help out and you know and and then from time to time some of them even would just you know, get too tired because, you know, this, the, yeah, you know, that's the, what the wagon's for. Yeah. The, so yeah. they, they would, you know, they would skip the first rest stop and start riding on the second, or they would ride the first rest stop and then sag right. up. To, so, yeah. So anybody, I, I'm going to be telling people that I know and, oh, I could never do that. And it's like, no, you, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it is an, ep, it is an epic adventure, an epic thing to do, but you can do it. Mm-hmm. do it and uh, you can ride the whole way and not sag and, and still do it but you know if you get tired one day or you're not really feeling well you know uh you know Pam will you, take the help you can you can <laughs> we had we had an, an interesting thing happen that about two two and a half weeks before we finished the gentleman whose car we were using he had some family emergencies and he was the one that was having saddle sore issues he left and had to go home so he had to take his car and go home oh gosh left us with only the van and um the one gentleman that i rode a lot with from maine uh he called a friend of his and his friend's son drove um uh the the guy that was riding with us drove his uh truck uh like eight hours uh from maine to where we were in new york and um and then Pam drove his um, pickup truck the rest of the way. Oh, that's nice. You know, so he he volunteered and offered up his his vehicle. And know, his son. <laughs> wow. Well, like, so I hope our audience has enjoyed this. Like, if you look at the YouTube video, you're going to see lots of pictures of Ron. And Ron, how old are you? 68. 68 and he retired two years ago two years yeah. ago two years ago and this is what he's up to and i think it's so amazing and his wife pam is retired and she's accompanying him um so it's it's great that you guys can do that together but i still think pam you need to get an e-bike <laughs> <laughs> and so thank you thank you so much for um being able to do this so shortly after you finished on Sunday, I think you guys uh, rolled in Saturday. 
Saturday was, well, we got home Monday because by the time Monday. our flight, got your flight on Monday, but our last right. ride Saturday. Yeah, it was Saturday. Yeah. And then Saturday. And today is Tuesday. Is it today's Tuesday? Tuesday? Wednesday. Today, Wednesday. Wednesday. <laughs> we're, on, we're on Wednesday. And he's sitting here talking to me. I just still think I would be flat out still sleeping from the whole event. <laughs> But uh, I, I commend you and, you know, look up to you for these rides. I'm like, gosh, if, if Ron can do it, I have to wait till I'm retired. I'll do it in my 60s. No, no, maybe I'm not doing it early, but maybe not 10 months, 10 weeks. But um, it, you're just really inspirational to me. And I'm sure you're, you're inspiring lots of people to go check out the Fuller Center for Bike Adventure because that's a great way to do something that's organized and helping the communities um and see the united states okay so one last question can okay. you think of one area you know because you're seeing a lot of the country you know it's a great way to see a lot of the united states like you went from west to east and um there was there one area that was that you just remember it's just like oh my god this is so beautiful was there any one that kind of really sticks out in your mind like that you actually took notice while you're riding? Um, well, I mean, the, you know, the mountains coming up over in Montana were really awesome, but yeah, you know, part of that is, I mean, I used to live in Colorado years ago. And so, you know, I really, you know, I appreciate and, and have seen that kind of, you know, beauty with the, the mountains and the, mm -hmm. all that. So, I mean, that was really nice. But when we got, when we were coming across, uh, the high plains, I guess the, the high desert of Montana after we oh. crossed mountains. and, you know, it was totally different landscape. I mean, it was hardly any trees, but, you know, but just the openness and the rolling nature of the, of the ground and the, the you know, the, uh, all the, the fields and that stuff that was, you know, that was really, you know, just of course got there. We're just so, you know, clear and blue. So that, yeah, those were, that was probably, you know, something that really, you know, stuck out from, you know, it was like, wow, this is really, you know, uh, you know, really cool looking, you know. It's, right. So the deserts of Montana. Yeah, the high desert, they call it the high desert. Uh, the high I mean, deserts of Montana. There's, you know, there's really no trees, hardly any trees. And because hmm. you're up by a toe and, and of course, all the rain gets dumped in the mountains before it comes across. You know, before it gets over to that area, so that's kind right. of the area. Oh, okay. Farmland and such up there, but right. uh, different. It was just a totally different look. You know, very very majestic uh, look on there. And wow. then the upper, the upper peninsula of Michigan. I'd never been uh, that part of uh, Michigan before, and yeah. uh, apparently it, that's beautiful. I would have seen it, but I had to cancel a race that I was doing up there. Yeah, it kind of reminded me somewhat of the of the Northwest, kind of, you know, like Oregon and Washington. And mm -hmm. it wasn't, it had that kind of look to it. And uh, it, it wasn't, any, I, I don't know what I was expecting to see when I got the upper <laughs> I guess I, I expected it to be much flatter and more boring, but yeah, it's pretty, the upper peninsula. Um, get rid of the mosquitoes and the black flies. <laughs> Oh yeah, we need to like touch on them oh, <laughs> and all morning. your flats. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of times we would meet up outside to do our 
our morning meetings and, and kind of get ready for the ride mm-hmm. that day inside the church because the mosquitoes were so bad. And when he told us the kind of the call to action is, you know, they, they would just say, okay, lights on, lights on meant, you know, get your headlights on your taillights on and, and hit the road. And oh. he'd say, he said lights on. And we, it was like the start of the Indy 500. We ran out of the, <laughs> like, jumping on our bikes, like, as, you know, like you were when you were a kid, when you like ran yeah. along up on top. I mean, that's the way we left that church because the mosquitoes were so bad. <laughs> You're like three, two, one, go. Yep. Yep. It was. <laughs> that's so funny. Wow. So, I'm, I, I'm amazed at you. So thank you again, Ron, for, for making this time after that event um and guys i hope that you enjoyed this episode and and take a look at all the pictures uh, as you're doing if you're look if you watch this on youtube um and um yeah and check out the fuller center for bike adventure you can go follow ron and check out all his pictures and i'm sure since there's a social media um somebody they're covering social media there must be a lot on social media that you can check out and check out the other uh tours the shorter ones that uh, they have going on thank you so much ron and pam i really appreciate that they're good friends of mine um met each other years ago and uh and i'm i'm excited to have you on my podcast thanks ron thanks a lot all right take care Hey friends, thank you for enjoying this podcast episode. I'd love to invite you to visit our new and exciting page on buymeacoffee.com backslash secret saddle pod to check out some cool downloadables. And if you are so inclined to supporting the podcast with the purchase of a coffee would be greatly appreciated in helping keep the podcast going. Also, Providing a separate rating and review on your favorite platform with any thoughts about the podcast are hugely helpful and appreciated. Thank you so much and have yourself an amazing day. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Learning more about sighting people, places and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think, and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.